855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. It is the live Wednesday night edition with Mark. And Adam Kogish. And Wayne. And you can call in and talk about whatever you want. Free Talk Live is an interactive show. We have an interactive website. You can go to freetalklive.com. You can link to blog posts or stories or pictures, whatever you want. At freetalklive.com, people will load, uh, will vote them up. You can vote up theirs, vote them down, whatever you want to do. It's Free Talk Live. A very interesting incident happened in Keene, New Hampshire today from whence we do the, whence we do the show. Um, one of our co-hosts, Derek J., was arrested for smoking the Mary Jane. And apparently our normal co-host, our normal uh, first chair co-host, Ian Freeman, uh, we're on the 36th day of the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up. Is a roommate with him or something, Ian? Yeah. <laughs> well, not quite, um, but, but I am here in the uh, the R block, which I'm not sure if that stands for receiving or what it stands for, but it's the block where if you get brought into the jail and you're uh, a male individual, you will be brought uh, into this block. There are approximately 12 rooms on the bottom floor that are single-person rooms, so they put somebody in. Uh, one of those rooms for observational purposes for 24 to 72 hours uh, for the purpose of, uh, of, you know, seeing if they're suicidal or, uh, you know, dangerous in some way to others. And uh, after that, they will then, uh, what they call, classify that person and then assign them to an actual, uh, you know, bunk with uh, potential for for two people being in it. So right now, Derek is uh, is essentially on on a 23-hour lockdown. But you could talk Uh, to him through the door kind of thing? It's not easy to do. It's you know, he has to raise his voice pretty high, but yeah, it's it is technically possible, even though you're not supposed to. Uh, one of the uh, guards was uh, was uh, willing to allow me to give him one of my books. Uh, so somebody actually had just sent me, I think it's with Rothbard's uh, For a New Liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nice. I, I hadn't had a chance to crack into that myself, and so I brought that downstairs, and he he now has that. I believe he is currently napping. Well, he's had a rough day, you know, singing all we are saying is give peace a chance to the uh, police. So um, anyway, Kokesh was there um, on site, and I want him to relay the story. Well, Yeah, please do. Well, first, I have to apologize to the audience uh, and and correct myself that I, I said Derek would be here with us next Tuesday. <laughs> and because he's on probation or out on bail for his prior charge of dancing in public or whatever it is they turned that into for a charge – he might not be available as a co-host next Tuesday. I, I don't think it's it your you. responsibility. Yeah, uh, <laughs> But I do have to correct you as well. He didn't get the chance to actually smoke. It was a possession charge, and as soon as he had his pipe out, it was uh, pulled from his hands, and he was put, uh, without being told what was happening to him, under the custody of a different officer while the officer who had taken the pipe out of his hands went back to allegedly test it at the vehicle, and, and so they could... Claim, you know, it came wow. back positive test for marijuana right there. I mean, they were ready for this. There were, uh, I don't know, five police yep. officers at least so in the immediate took vicinity. they the pipe without any real evidence that there was, there was uh, marijuana yeah, in it. Yeah, I'm really well, curious He was, he was to sitting this. there. Ready to smoke it. Ready so to smoke maybe it. Maybe the probable cause is that it's it looks like marijuana. He is going to do what one does with marijuana. I mean, I don't and know. And 420. That is, is it, it is 420? Okay. Um, so the cops have the right to just go up and grab property out of people's hands I on guess. suspicion for testing purposes. I'd like I mean, to see that testing process. Does he put a little pinch between his cheek and gums and see <laughs> and see if it tastes like pot? I, this is that, you know, Wayne, that brings me to what I was really thinking when I was watching this. So the cop grabs the stuff out of his hand. Wait, and wait, wait, watching what? Is the video up at Free Keen? Yeah, the video is up at uh, cdevolutionfund.org. Um, 
I, I don't cdevolution.org know. CDEvolution.org? Is it, or CDEvolution.org? CDEvolution.org. Excuse me. Yes. CDEvolution.org. CDEvolution.org. And the um, there was this the lady a, a female officer was uh, put in charge of uh, watching Derek after the officer had confiscated the stuff at his hands. Now I don't know if the conf- if the confiscation was lawful. I frankly don't know. I mean, it seems to me Sounds that this, to me. this officer just took this guy's property. Yeah, he grabbed it. But I don't know. Um, but I was just thinking about this officer. Is I'm like, really, lady, you've never smoked pot. Mm. You're gonna you're gonna participate in the arrest of this young man for smoking marijuana, and you've smoked marijuana because we know you have, darling. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and, uh, you no, know, I didn't. I went to law enforcement. I majored in law enforcement. We couldn't smoke pot. Well, then, please. <laughs> <laughs> and this is it. Just it's so sanctimonious. It's so hypocritical what these cops do. They're taking this guy to jail. They're robbing him of his freedom. They're macing people in the face, and they've done it all themselves. They didn't get caught, Mark. Well, you know, even in some cases they have been caught, and it still doesn't matter. As long as you're willing to slap the cuffs on somebody hypocritically for doing what you've done in the past, it's okay. We'll hire you at about fifty grand a year plus huge minis. You'll retire at 20 years out, and then you can go get another government job so you can get a second pension. We'll take good care of you as long as you'll do what we tell you to. And there's plenty of footage of Jason Talley, of course, arguing with the uh, with the officers there and other free staters. Really, he wasn't arguing very vociferously. This seemed like a very calm <laughs> event where everybody was, uh, you know, singing. Uh, All we are saying is give peace a chance. I I didn't think that I, I felt like this was some of the best civil disobedience activism I've seen oh, up to this point. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful, and the way Derek handled himself, the way Derek was sitting there talking to the officer before the incident happened, before he got his pipe out. Before he decided to be open about it, he was sitting there talking to the officer about the issue. He was asking him politely, sir, personally, do you mind if I smoke? As someone sitting next to <laughs> you. so polite. You know, and, no one oh, is more polite than Derek. Derek took this to the level of high-performance art. <laughs> I mean, not only is he the best-dressed activist in Keene, uh, yeah. But uh, the, the dapper gentleman really executed this one in a way that was almost dancing with the officers. I, as I was filming this, I was thinking if I wanted to stage a music video around <laughs> the arrest of marijuana possession for civil disobedience, I could not have done better than this. There's him singing. All I am saying is give peace a chance pleadingly. To the to the officers there, the two female officers, and while while you had three or four of these, the the burly wannabe burly types at least with their leather gloves, you know, wringing their hands like they're ready to, <laughs> to throw someone down, getting really eager to do some violence. They sent uh, finally it was the two women. To, what a way to get arrested! Uh, you know, huh? I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, that the singing is is finally making it out there again. Uh, there was a gentleman who had moved up here for a while. He's very talented uh, lyricist, and he would write lyrics. Uh, that uh, he really wanted people to sing, but they were very difficult to remember. You know, they were original and very brilliant, uh, but you would really have to put some effort into to memorize them, and, and no one was really doing that. Uh, but now we actually have seen more people uh, engaging in singing at the 420 this year. 
Jason Talley from CDEvolution.org brought out a bunch of song uh, lyrics that that same gentleman, uh, Sam Robrin, had written up, and we had like 100 people singing freedom songs in the state house. And I'm glad to hear that, uh, that Derek was doing it. I know Dave Ridley has sung when, he was, uh, when he's been arrested. Uh, one time we, when uh, a dozen of us were arrested here at the jail for so-called trespassing, we had 12 of us all singing and booking uh, together, which was it's just powerful. an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, and, you know, the freedom movement uh, in the 60s, which is more commonly known as the civil rights movement, it was really what brought those folks uh, together and, uh, and helped, helped keep them together. You know what I can't figure out, guys, is how all this happened without the ringleader there, Ian? Apparently, I'm not in charge. Uh, you're masterminding uh, everything from jail. Just like a mafia, a mafia, mafia Don in prison. Careful, you get, you're you're getting daily rough downs. You give you cigars. You used to smoke it out. <laughs> Hey, how's the, uh, by the way, how's I think the sex it's, uh, in there? Be worth pointing out that uh, I, I heard from one of the guys in here. Obviously, I haven't seen the video, but uh, I heard from one of the guys in here who's on work release. He was driving home at around this time. Uh, I guess like right before 420, he was there at around maybe you driving through the square at around uh, 410. He said pretty much every keen cop on duty was there. They had like eight cop cars parked around the circle and plenty of cops in both plain and uh, and marked clothing in this in the circle. I mean, it, was this a huge presence? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty intense for Keen, I suppose. But I didn't see any plain clothes, which was interesting because we were making fun of the fact that once this got going. All of the cops were paying attention to the activists in the middle of the square while the teenagers were, like, out in the corners smoking pot. (laughs) (laughs) They don't care about you smoking pot as much as they care about you uh, challenging their authority. authority. That's exactly what it's about. And all the real criminals were laughing. (laughs) <laughs> Ian, well, yeah, like the real criminals could have done anything they well, wanted was, while these cops more like, wasted taxpayers' money arresting some guy for uh, smoking a bowl. It was more like smoking and giggling. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855 to get vapor or go to vaporsmiths.com. Talk Live, 855-450 free. Call in and talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. But uh, we've been chatting about the arrest here in downtown Keene with our main host, Ian Freeman, who is on the line from, from on ice in the Keene County Correctional Facility. Ian, you there? Yeah, you're chatting about it with me, but I wasn't arrested. It was uh, Derek. That's uh, correct. Who has, has also hosted Free Talk Live, uh, I- who was arrested. I thought it was the King Spiritual Retreat. <laughs> That's what I prefer to call it. That's how I like to look at it when I'm in here, yeah. Ian, tell everybody about their listening options at listen.freetalklive.com. Oh, wow. Uh, let's see. It's been a while since I've been there. but uh, <laughs> A little rusty, are we? <laughs> hey, you're in jail. Do some radio. Yeah. Do some commercials. It's a, it's, a, it's a good list of different ways for you to listen to the show, including our over 100 great radio stations and uh, our internet streams, which are available 24 hours a day, of course. 
uh, in addition to that, satellite listening options and more. So, the webcam, so, listen lines, you can yeah, actually call in right. uh, any any telephone you've got. Don't worry. The, not, don't not, forget. The, not from jail. You can't use the listen lines in jail. <laughs> That's <laughs> Not right. any telephone. Listen.freetalklive.com. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low, they can't be mentioned on the air. In fact, get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live at ManVentureOutpost.com. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. So, um, Adam, more more of the story of uh, Derek's arrest, or have we pretty much covered it here? There really isn't a whole lot to it. You know, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm working on the video footage that I've got. I think there's something really beautiful that's coming together here, but it's it's because Derek knew what he was doing and chose to make his stand in a, in a dramatic and, and really poignant way, and I think the footage is, is going to speak for itself, but the story, too, of, of what he decided to do and say that, this is we we are going to show that this little freedom that we had carved out for ourselves with the 420 day and my understanding is that it had become a tradition and people were largely left alone there but this time because someone said they were going to complain about it uh one person like this is this is the this is the the sort of takeaway if you really see how this unfolded and and, and what's behind it with uh, someone complaining, getting the cops out there, someone getting arrested. We've created so many laws. Well, uh, we I, haven't. Okay. <laughs> we, 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 yes, of course. Not not attempting to collectivize this, but there there are so many laws in this country that everybody is guilty of something at any given moment. You know, there was a whole book about it, three felonies a day the, for the average American. I, mean, I think crazy. at this point we should start calling the cops on every business that's open on Sunday. Go send them in and shut them down. There's a law in New Hampshire, stupid as it is, that no business can be open on Sunday, nobody can play ball, no nothing. Let's start using these dumb laws. And the reason that Derek got arrested today was not because it's on the books that marijuana is illegal, but because someone told the cops, I don't want him doing that in the town square. And if we we could easily turn the system against itself, as you suggest, Mark, and overwhelm it with by by doing that and saying, really, you want to make it like that? Well, then let's let's be sticklers for the rules and and show well, them the ridiculousness just prove of it. Prove that they have discretion by ignoring your complaints. Uh, the police have discretion to ignore any any kind of breaking of any law that they want to. So if you started to do that, all you would get were some, you know, would be some interesting, maybe some somewhat interesting uh, footage of uh, the police not doing anything uh, in response to your complaint. That's my, that would be my prediction there. That's how it goes. They do what they want. I wouldn't doubt yeah, it. That's right. I wouldn't doubt what you're saying. It. But it was a good opportunity today for some real criminals to wreak havoc. And since the entire police station that's on duty right. was was focusing on him, boy, if I were a real crook, I would have. I'd be following this stuff, and I'd probably be doing something. Yeah, I, I just saw in the uh, the newspaper today that apparently there was a bank robbed here in Keene uh, just the other day. So uh, if it's 4.20 in the afternoon, you yeah. know that all the cops are going to be down at uh, the local <laughs> central square. So you can just go ahead and get away with anything you want to. Wait, 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 wait. You don't even have to know or guess that they might be at the central square at 4.20. All you have to do is call and complain, call and they will be there. <laughs> right. They, and this is, and then they'll say, um, you know, those the uh, the statists out there, the the ones that would use government to uh, control other people, will say, 
it's the fault of the activists. You know, I'm I'm going to go on right here on the record and and say, look, bank robbers that within the sound of my voice, the more than 100 radio stations uh, that we broadcast to, Keene, New Hampshire, 420. That's where you be. That's where you do your bank robbing. And any criminal with half a brain could figure that out. I mean, it's not like we're saying anything that's not obvious here. I just I'm I'm entirely disgusted. They got eight cop cars out there, like their whole force yeah. to arrest one guy smoking a bowl. It's well, disgusting. No, they were there in advance. Were, were they, what time oh, did yes. the arrest actually go down? Oh yes, they were there well in advance. I got there at about right. four o'clock, show four of ten, force. and there were at least three cruisers already parked right there with their lights on. Don't they understand suspicion? how they're endangering people when they do this? Well, this is a gang, guys. This 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 free king yeah. group is a gang, and you know we have to bring all these people out, all the, these police personnel, because these people might get violent. Well, they are the ones that are violent, and you know this really shows how desperate they are. Because Adam, you were right. For the longest time, uh, this Central Square was like a demilitarized zone for uh, for cannabis smoking, and then just within the last week and a half, uh, the police have started cracking down. Uh, out there, and it's just really sad. And it, I think what it, it was the old Gandhi saying that uh, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, uh, and then, then you, you win. win. I mean, clearly, clearly they're in the fighting stage. Uh, well how long it, this yeah. stage will last, I don't know. But uh, this really just shows how pathetic and uh, desperate they are. And if you combine this with what happened to Derek uh, this past Friday night, and I know that video is up at uh, freekeen.com, from what I understand where he was pepper sprayed for trying to protect uh, the equipment that he brought out, the amplification equipment that he brought to the, the Central Square, uh, where the police shine flashlights into the video cameras of the people that are operating cameras. I mean, just it's just not only are they desperate, but they're clearly embarrassed about what they're doing. Well, there's one other really offensive thing that I just have to relay about what happened this afternoon. One of the officers there, and the footage makes it very clear that he is about 100 pounds overweight. And I have to say, it, it just adds a little bit of extra insult when you see a police officer like that doing something as disgusting because there is an expectation that at least in, in, in the status paradigm, if we are paying for this and by our sales tax in Keene, at least we are, now I can say my taxes have gone to fund this atrocity. There is an expectation that they are going to be able to deliver upon the promised service of the appropriate use of force necessary in carrying out their monopoly on force in the city of Keene. Hey, Adam, I, I know you're from uh, D.C., uh, but uh, we've, we've only got property taxes. Uh, there's no sales tax in New Hampshire. There's sales tax. He's, he's bought food. Oh, yeah. meals. There's a meals tax. Yeah. I bought I bought food here in Keene. Only recent true, true, too, by the way. That. But that goes to the state as opposed to the uh, the town. But okay, well, excuse me, but if, still, if the you've... fact that he is that, that, that he is collecting taxpayer dollars for his salary on the promise that he will be able to perform a service of public safety, and if there was someone who was a real threat that necessitated being chased down, he would not be capable of executing his duties. Probably not chasing, but they have all kinds of tools that make their job easier. That's Guns. for sure. Protect and serve. Ian, do you want to hold through? Yeah, off the ground. Okay. 855-450-FREE-TALK-LIVE. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's, helping bring your family together with wholesome dinner options, even on the busiest of nights. Find dinner table ideas to bring your family together at letsfixdinner.com. 
To get kids involved in dinnertime conversation, ask specific questions, not broad ones. Instead of what happened today at school, try what was the best thing that happened today. The more specific you are, the more they'll have to say. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash your family today. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live with Mark and Adam and Wayne. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Let's go back to Ian calling from jail here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. Our normal first chair host of Free Talk Live. What are you wearing, Ian? Um, all blue. I'm a sentenced defender, uh, so called. So, uh, so I've got. Blue jeans uh, on right now. It's a little chilly in here, so I've got my sweater uh, on. There's also a blue T-shirt underneath that. I've got some Crocs on, actually, the uh, jail-issued Crocs. Of course, if you are uh, in here for a while, you get access to commissary. So some guys have on uh, shoes that they've ordered through the commissary system that are actual shoes and, and not Crocs. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in all blue here. What can people do to uh, support you in your time of need, Ian? Um, they can go to mailtojail.com and give a donation to Mail to Jail. I've got a stack of mail that uh, has come in over the last month. It's just uh, incredible, all of the people that have uh, written me. And it's uh, thanks to mailtojail.com for making it easy. It's where people can go to write not just to me but to other imprisoned uh, liberty activists and uh, specifically focused on, on New Hampshire, though I've heard rumor that uh, Mail to Jail is, uh, is looking into expanding beyond New Hampshire one of these days. So that's kind of exciting. Uh, but to uh, contribute to them because it, you know it's not cheap to uh, to print stuff out and send it through the mail and, and that takes time and it takes effort and uh, Mike Barsky over Mail to Jail is making that happen for folks and I, I would say probably about 90% of the mail that I get in here maybe maybe more like 85% if you include postcards and such uh, comes from Mail to Jail so that would be one easy way also CDEvolution.org has uh, you know put some money in my commissary which when you're in jail having a little bit of money in commissary makes a big difference uh, you know the difference between having deodorant uh, and, and not, and having uh, your own toothbrush that doesn't tear up your gums. So thanks to uh, cdevolution.org. And the best thing that people can do is join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org and make plans to get to New Hampshire. Maybe civil disobedience isn't your style. I mean, it's not right for everybody, and even those of us who do or have done civil disobedience end up usually getting taken out of the game because eventually, once you get arrested enough, you've got you know habitual offender status, and they'll lock you up for a long, long time. Uh, so there's really a limit to the amount of civil disobedience that uh, that one can can perform, and still have a life outside of a, uh, a prison cell. So uh, you know whether it's uh, politics that's interesting to you, or outreach, or creating media, uh, being together with other liberty-minded people is really only the only solution to achieving liberty in, in our lifetime. And I'm so glad to be here in New Hampshire, where I have that uh, that base of support where uh, people can come and they can you know, go to jail and, and visit you. Uh, Adam came down today with uh, Jason Talley and uh, a few other folks and had a nice but short uh, visit. Unfortunately, it was near the end of visiting hours. Uh, but uh, just having the people out there is great. In fact, one other point on that is I got to watch Freekeen TV for the very first time live. Of course, anybody can go to freekeen.com and watch it there via the YouTube channel. Uh, but uh, it's on in Keen, uh, you know, on an, you know one of the top tier channels, at Channel Eight, you know, the top twenty channels. That's the that's the top tier channels, most watched uh, channels. So uh, it's on prime time, seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock. 
Uh, and it was great being able to watch that live. And, and we've got the amount of activists here that's necessary to, to create a, a television program like that. And I think that's just so exciting. I mean, Adam, you know what it's like making TV. It is not an easy process. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So w- were you able to share the program with some of the other inmates there? Well, that's kind of the funny part about uh, Derek, who's now sitting in one of these cells here as he was arrested today in the park. Most of the guys in here saw him on TV on Monday night because the TVs are <laughs> here in the day room, and I had put on Free Keen TV. So some of the guys were watching football that night, but uh, a bunch of them were watching Free Keen TV. And uh, so when they saw him come in here, I was up in my room. They came up and said, hey, your, your friend's here. And uh, so they, they, they'd already seen him and knew who he was. Your friend from the television is there. Yeah. So yeah. What, how is this going to affect uh, Derek's, uh, speaking of liberty in our lifetime, how is this going to affect uh, Derek's liberty? Well, uh, I mean, clearly he's, some, he's somebody who has a job or two, and uh, he's, he doesn't seem too concerned. I've had a chance to have a few words with him. He doesn't seem too concerned about what's going to happen with his jobs. He's a hardworking guy. I'm sure if he loses he a job, he'll be able to find another one. Um, and he's very you know, charming and, and calm and kind, and so that won't be an issue. Uh, but uh, as far as from a legal perspective, he was already out on bail uh, for his arrest on Friday night. And I've been arrested while out on bail uh, as well. This is what happened to me last year during the summer. I was arrested first for standing in front of a police car, and then while out on bail on that arrest, I was also arrested for drinking uh, water from a brown bottle at the city council meeting. And uh, because I violated bail, they put me out on bail again, but the second, uh, the second bail had more provisions specifically that I couldn't leave my house from 6 p.m. at night to 6 a.m. So there's a chance he may be released on bail with more restrictive uh, provisions, uh, perhaps drug testing, since his was a drug-related arrest, mine wasn't. Um, Then maybe they'll just keep him in jail. There's always that possibility as well. He'll probably just have uh, to be uh, under under house arrest from 4.20 in the afternoon until midnight. (laughs) 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 It's certainly a possibility. I guess we'll find out. He's likely going to be in court tomorrow morning. And because we're here in New Hampshire, uh, when when you've got a short-term or a short-notice thing that comes up like this, if somebody gets arrested, they've got court at 8 in the morning or 8.30 in the morning, you'd be surprised how many people will turn out. I mean, Adam, I know you're in town for the next few days, which is great. Uh, There's likely going to be a dozen people out bright and early tomorrow morning there to support him in his arraignment. That much is very likely true. Um, you know, the, the activists certainly do turn out for the, the court cases. So, um, you know, any idea whether he'll get released or not tomorrow? I mean, will, be able, will he be free? It's, it's all up to the man in the robe, right? I mean, it just all depends on the road man and, and how he's, uh, he's feeling that particular day. So it's, it's hard to say what's, uh, what's going to transpire. If he's not released, they'll bring him back here. Uh, they'll put him under observation for 24 to 78 hours. They'll classify him. They'll release him into population, likely at some point, unless they, for some reason, think he is suicidal, which I don't think he is. Uh, so likely he'll end up out in population until whenever the trial is, which, of course, means that likely when he goes to trial, he'll be sentenced, uh, if that's the case, uh, he'll be sentenced with uh, you know, time served uh, at that point. Or they'll let him out on bail. So it's, it just all depends. And uh, I imagine folks are asking themselves, uh, now that you're on day 36 of the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up, when are you getting out? Well, my early release date is October 7th. Uh, that's the earliest it could be. I haven't gotten any write-ups uh, while in here, so hopefully I should be able to get out on October 7th. But at this point, they haven't given me a firm date. Uh, sometime this month, they should lock down a firm release date for me. 
and I'll be able to say that with more certainty uh, when I'll be getting out. But latest uh, will be early November. So hopefully if it's October 7th, that means I'm on the uh, the downward slide of things at this point, maybe about three weeks left. Now, um, also, the, you've got some kind of hearing coming up uh, on Monday, too. Isn't that correct? A habeas corpus hearing? Yeah, which is something that's never actually happened before. When uh, our friend and former co-host uh, Sam Dodson from the Obscure Truth Network was in jail for 58 days a couple of years back for not revealing his name to uh, the man in the robe, uh, we tried this habeas corpus thing where you go and you file a – essentially it's a suit against the, the man that runs the prison. And he's supposed to provide the body – provide the body. I guess that's what the habeas corpus is, like the body or something like that. And so that means that they have to bring me into court. And what they're going to do is they're going to do a video arraignment, apparently. Or not, not an arraignment, but a video appearance of me. But I'm not a party in the case. It's just it's, uh, it's Mark Stevens and another uh, local gentleman who have uh, filed this. Uh, Mark Stevens from MarkStevens.net, the Adventures in Legal Land book, which is a great book. Um, and so that will be happening on Monday. I don't expect anything to come of it, but the last time we tried habeas corpus, they just bounced it back in our faces. And they basically just completely denied it. There was no hearing of any sort. So uh, just having a hearing scheduled is more success than we've ever had with uh, with habeas corpus. But it's also only the second time that, that I know of that anyone's ever tried habeas corpus in some sort of a liberty act, uh, activist. Well, I, I say just keep peppering them with uh, with with paperwork because you know it's it's got to be annoying to them to keep to keep. I mean, you know, they the other three people in in your case. Got zero as far as a sentence. Make you, them think twice about arresting you got 90 Ian days. Freeman next time. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And just the keep on yeah, There's a the guy in here that got 20 days for a second DUI, and he's just blown away by the fact that I got 90 days. Yeah. Anyway, guys, it was great talking to you. Uh, you have too. a great show. Thanks for the great work. Just right. think about Thanks you often, you. buddy. Yep. See ya. Bye. 855-450 free. Free Talk Live. Call in line. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. Calls, guys. Take uh, Mike from Illinois. Mike. Hey, guys. I'm. This is Mike. I have a quick question. First of all, let me apologize. I, I was on yesterday, and I, I wasn't mad at you guys. You guys are awesome. But I said some profane words. I got my my anger got a little out of control. I act like such a jerk. I first, I do want to apologize. Well, was this guy with a different name yesterday? Get your finger on the button here. No, Mark. no, it was it was the same name. And uh, Mike, there's no reason for an apology. We all uh, use bad words. It's just uh, you know can't keep you on the air once you do. Go ahead. No, no. I, okay. I, I pro- can I just ask a quick question though. I, pro- I sure. promise I won't use any profanity or anything. <laughs> don't use any profanity. You ask a question. Sure. <laughs> okay. No problem. How you know? I I don't want to. You know, I I got carried away. But my question for you is: How can I? reach out to both current military personnel and former mil- uh, military personnel who are convinced that the military does wonderful things and they fight for our freedom and all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Well, that's, well first of all, I, 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 wanna, I, would, I would ask you to uh, think of it from the recruiter's perspective, and, and this is a, a big thing for, for counter-recruiting, but really for general outreach, but especially with me- members of the military and finding out 
where they're coming from. When the recruiter is recruiting someone, they don't sit you down and go, and here's all the educational benefits and jump into that if you're someone who's already got a college degree. You know, they, they listen first. And that's the most important thing. And especially for people in the military, there are so many different possible reasons for, for them to hold on to that mentality. If it's total ignorance and that's actually your easiest job. And if you, if you talk to someone, you say, do, do you really, do, do you know the history? Do you know, uh, the history of, of war in the United States? Do you understand the significance of the Gulf of Tonkin incident? You know, things mm-hmm. of that nature, really basic, Things that, that we kind of take for granted as, as activists who have researched the topics and have an understanding of what the military is based on historical evidence and, and things like that. But then if you have what you're more likely to encounter is some form of denial or easier acceptance of what is in the propaganda than the reality because it's an easier way to address the cognitive dissonance. And then you have a much more difficult job. But again, the key is to listen. And to ask okay. them why and find out why. And, and, and I could tell you lots of reasons. I mean, if you have any in particular that you consider that, that, that you'd be running into, what kinds of people you want to be talking to. But, I mean, a lot of times if you're, if you're, if you're able to do outreach, say you live in a military town and you're, you're I live running. I an Army Reserve Center. You, you live near an Army Reserve Center? That's correct. Okay, yeah. so do you, I mean, what what kind of uh, guys do you see go- going in and out of there, or do do you encounter? How do you encounter these guys? Yeah, well, I you know I work during the day, obviously, but uh, you know I'll you know in the old Navy in the clothing store or whatever, I'll see them in Best Buy. You know, I'll see them in their uniform. It's regular enlisted people, I think. Sure. And if they're reservists, odds are they have some civilian job and some relevance uh to to the to the community there other than being someone who is available to put on a uniform and get on a plane for whatever imperial adventure obama's come comes up with next so they've got something that you can establish common ground with and i think that's a great place to start when you're you're talking to reservists but for for a lot of reservists also you have to kind of lower your expectation well for active duty guys too uh lower your expectation of what the outcome is going to be because the odds that you are going to in in the course of a conversation if you're not god talk to a a soldier who's about to get on a plane to go to iraq and convince him that he has a constitutional duty to disobey his unconstitutional orders and educate him on that process and give him that confidence that all of a sudden he's going to say wow you're right i'm not getting on this plane (laughs) you you know you know adam uh i think all he can really do is plant seeds and and for me um, War is a Racket by General Smedley Butler is a free book you can downlo- uh, download online or you can buy it on Amazon.com for $10. And, and mentioning that book, War is a Racket, Smedley Butler, check it out sometime. Because when you go back Especially to 19... 19- to a Marine. Yes. yes. And I know it's, it sounds silly, but I can tell no. you, as a Marine, a Marine wrote a book? I might actually read it. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot to that. That means but, something. But even going back to 1935, uh, Smedley Butler was talking about how in World War One that was a racket, and that's that's justified many in many circles as being this this righteous war. And and you look back, and he starts talking about all these things he was involved in, even back in the early 1900s that were really uh, corporatism at its worst. Right. But about planting seeds, you can be if if you can listen properly, you sure. can. You can plant the right seeds. And what I mean by lowering expectations is you're not going to get the guy 
to start disobeying orders. You're not, you know, it's highly unlikely that you're going to convince someone to start going through the conscientious objector process immediately. Sure. Those are massive undertakings, both psychologically mm-hmm. and practically. But if you can convince them, maybe they shouldn't re-enlist uh-huh. And you have to, you know, figure out what their circuit. Hey, if they're a reservist in their first six years, and you, hey, man, when your six years is up, you're you're out of there, right? Because you know Obama's going to come up with the next thing. You know, if you can listen to their and find out what their circumstances are, and 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 in in an expectation, what can you do to get them to do to to, to actually behave differently or start thinking differently? Plant the kind of, of, of seeds of, of doubt based on their situation, based on why they're in the military. If they say they're in the, in the military, hey, I, hey, you know, man, I, it sucks. I hate it. You're totally right. Um, I'm just here to get a little help with my education and do as little job for Uncle Sam or a little work for Uncle Sam as possible. Hey, you know, th- that guy, don't waste your time on him. But right. if you've got a guy who says, well, I, I believe in serving my country, I want to risk my life a little bit. If you're you fighting go, for my freedom, then how come my freedom hasn't increased? That's always the question that I, I have. It's decreased. I, mean, I, you know, I well, don't have a lot more freedom if you guys are out there fighting for my freedom. Well, if you can talk to the right. guy and say, well, hey, what do you, what do, you do in the military? You know, oh, you right. you push buttons. Okay, well, how do you feel about you know if 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 the next mission that Obama puts in front of the U.S. military is to push a button to kill people somewhere on the other side of the world? Do you, do you think we're safer for having right. bombed people in Pakistan and Libya? You know, pose those kinds of questions. If it's a guy who's going to be boots on the ground and actually have his butt on the line, oh man, that makes it a little bit easier, especially with a guy like Obama in the White House. And you can say, do you yeah. do you really? You, this guy, I mean, discrediting Obama, we have, you know, all of the Republican parties help with this at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, how, can... <laughs> how many military members of the military are actually dem- Democrats? It's, well, it's, it's... well um, Obama has uh, gotten more donations from military members than any other uh, person in the field besides Ron Paul. Now, one could really? just say that he's the only Democrat out right. there. But if you add up every donation, I believe, to every other Republican besides Ron Paul and compare it to Obama's, Obama's um, it's still numbers significant are still higher. Yeah. yeah, it's significant relative to Ron Paul. But so they... there is that support there. But you, you can very easily find the – separate – someone's simple desire to survive their 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 preservation instinct and say really this man this guy this clown in the white house you want to put your life in his hands you know you know who he really serves if it was a war for the bankers he would be all over it and you want to put your life on the line for that but hey if it's a guy who's not in that situation that argument's not even going to be relevant so you got to listen first I think right, a lot of right. military members probably donated to Obama at the time when he was running because he purported to be anti-war. No, I'm talking about this election. Promise. This election. Yep. Yeah, we promised to bring him home. Real quick, though, how can, how, what about people? Like, I have a friend of mine. She was in the Air Force, and, you know, she agrees these wars are wrong, but she thinks that still the military fights for our freedom. What about people who aren't in the military anymore but still think the military... It serves a purpose, or are those people just a waste of time? Well, you have to hone in on their understanding of that. If their understanding of that is based on historical inaccuracy, like I said, that's a relatively easy correction. You've got a smartphone in your pocket, and, and yeah. you know you, you pull up the facts, and they're all right there. The historical record is, is, is pretty hard to right. debate. I think that the McCullough memo is extraordinarily powerful, because the perfect war is World War II. They attacked us. They killed Americans right. at Pearl Harbor. We didn't expect them coming. That's it's the perfect war. But once you can show that the um, Roosevelt administration was actually trying to get the Japanese to attack them, so that they would have an excuse 
abuse and that there's documentation of this that nobody Mm -hmm. disputes, then you've really got something to show somebody. Now, I understand why somebody would believe that we have to have a military. I mean, I could understand if you've got to have a coercive, top-down, hierarchical, monopoly government, that you want that government to have uh, – that government's going to want to have the guns. Well, That's how monopolies gonna, are. Odds are, if someone's on active duty, you're not going to be able to get them fully out of the paradigm of at least what most libertarians would accept is collectivization of – Forceful self-defense, and 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 to accept that, and to to work within that paradigm, I, I you're, you're not going to get them past that major hurdle, right? It's it, as far as I'm concerned. If we can stop the wars we're in now, bring the troops, just the ground troops. Even if the navy wants to spend its time steaming around the world's oceans, keeping the pirates uh, at bay, I, I would call it a huge, huge yeah. step in the right direction. Just mm-hmm. getting right. Uh, the military and the marines and uh, you know back on U.S. ground. People are going to say, well, what about the air force? It can't fly planes far enough. Well, you know that'll give them some uh, some motivation to learn how to fly airplanes farther mike thanks for the call thank you 855 450 free it's a sacral toll free call in line here on free talk live you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about it uh it's been mark with you and adam and wayne got the uh, next hour coming up And now it's time for the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute with tips and advice on controlling your emotions so they don't control you. Here's New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer. The Bible says in Ephesians that we should live truly, that we should speak the truth and and live in the truth and learn how to let the truth guide us in all of our actions. You know, it's very important to be truthful with God. It's important to be truthful with yourself and to be truthful with other people. But let's start with God. You know, the more you talk to God truthfully and honestly about things that concern you, things that bother you, the better off you're going to be. God knows anyway, so you might as well talk to him and get it off your chest, so to speak. Many people carry around secrets that have buried inside so long that they're eating away like a cancer. But I believe it's time to bring hidden things out into the open. Even though it's difficult, it is very essential. So get started now. For the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information to help you control your own emotions so they don't control you, please visit Joyce Meyer. That's M-E-Y-E-R dot org. The average person has 70,000 thoughts every day, and many of those thoughts trigger a corresponding emotion. In Living Beyond Your Feelings, Joyce Meyer examines the gamut of feelings that human beings experience. She discusses the way that the brain processes and stores memories and thoughts. Then, emotion by emotion, she explains how we can manage our reactions to those emotions. Living Beyond Your Feelings, the newest book from New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you and Adam and Wayne. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We've got the website for you, completely free. That uh, you can go check out what's going on in the studio at cam.freetalklive.com. If you're on your mobile phone, you can go to m.freetalklive.com. Lots of options for you on one of the biggest and best websites and talk radio today it's freetalklive.com let's go to derek in oklahoma derek derek hey, um i was 
Googling the reason why that uh, Ron Paul was booed during the debate yesterday or two days ago. Yep. And I'd like to point out that he wasn't just he wasn't just booed, but he was he got some claps too. Some people booed, some people clapped. Right. And the reason I was looking up the mainstream media's definition of why he was booed. So I go to ABC and it says Ron Paul was booed for which he blames America for (laughs) 9-11. And the the real reason why he was booed, you can see it in the video yourself, is because he was quoting Osama bin Laden and stating the real reasons why we were attacked on 9-11. He was was quoting Osama bin Laden when he said uh, of our, our uh, support for Palestine, and that's when the real boost started. And Ron Paul went, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" You can hear it in the video. And then you look at Politico; it says the same thing. Yahoo News, and so on. Yeah, uh, I mean, you I know, to throw that out there. what what he said was, as far as I'm concerned, um, incontrovertible. But that's why you would boo because you don't have anything to say. You know, there's no there's no real controversy to this. Santorum got his butt torn up again. Uh, got you know, Santorum was turned into Santorum by uh, Ron Paul. <laughs> Sandorum. <laughs> if, if, if you don't know what Santorum is, just Google it and uh, you'll you'll and find out. And then the sand joke will make. <laughs> eerie sense yes <laughs> and, and you know because there is nothing to say if you don't about this if you don't think that the the terrorists attacked us on 9-11 because of foreign policy now there's all kinds of things to say about you know 9-11 maybe it was an inside job all that all that kind of stuff and and i'm not saying that that's completely invalid but i but if you believe the story that the terrorists attacked us on 9-11 for our freedoms i mean take a minute to look at the seven decades of western intervention in the middle east and it won't take you too long of education educating yourself to realize holy crap if this was us this is how we would react Mm. now you could bury your head in the sand as far as you want you could stick it in your bible and uh you know cock your gun and do the the standard republican stuff and yeah you'll you could just ignore what's going on i wonder how those boers would feel if if there were russian troops in every major u.s city and you went to the grocery store or walked down the street and you saw them with their their semi-automatic weapons or rifles i wonder how americans in this country who booed him would feel if they saw that well hold on i think you guys are missing there's something just a little bit more almost, I don't want to say obvious, but direct in this particular incident of booing because the media reporting that Ron Paul was booed because he made or he blamed America for 9-11, there are people who booed because that was their genuine understanding of what Ron Paul said. When Ron Paul says there is responsibility in the sense that what our government has done has made it more likely that they hate us and that they would attack us, that is their under when they hear that it comes to them they have such an emotional investment in the we america we our government we have done all of these things we are god's army on earth and it is bet- a normal human reaction to <laughs> evade responsibility and say you can't blame us for that yeah and because they're television you're, you're, watchers you're, too if you're just trying to just give us just a little bit of the responsibility that we deserve or the federal government truly deserves this cognitive dissonance is easier to address by booing than thoughtful reflection. Well, it's, it's kind of like the way that the Republicans and the Democrats call each other names, like the Democrats will call the Republicans wingnuts and, and the Republicans will call the, the um, uh, Democrats commies. And this name calling, this, the, these ad hominem attacks, because that's all they've got. Well, if they're, if they're right wing nuts, they're left wing nuts, right? <laughs> Derek? Yes. Well, also, you can look up the head of the CIA unit, Michael Schur, who was 
basically mm-hmm. responsible mm-hmm. for searching for Osama bin Laden. And in his C- on the C-SPAN video, he said he said the same thing. We we're fighting an enemy that doesn't exist. We're we have unconditional support of Israel. We set up tyrannical uh, states like Saudi Arabia, Algeria, Turkey, and it and the list goes on and on. And if there, you get, there's such an unconditional support of Israel that all the politicians are paid by them, and no one wants to talk about it. You know, I wonder about the uh, booing that went on. I wonder if it was genuine or if people were ready for it. You know, the, mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's, I mean, you know, obviously these candidates have their backers and the, the their boos weren't overwhelming or anything. Well, I guess uh, we uh, got rid of Derek there. The boos weren't overwhelming. There were claps and cheers for it, too. And I'm just wondering, did one of the candidates get their people? Look, when Ron Paul says something, about, you know, Santorum says, I'm going to go after Ron Paul for his thing on uh, whatever. And I want you guys to boo as loud as you can. And I'm sure. I, I mean, am I a conspiracy nut? Maybe. No, I don't no, know. No, no, it's no, perfectly no, it's conceivable. Just, it's just the odd, no, but really, it, yes, yes, and no. But it, it's more just the odd one out factor, and that everybody is going to look for an opportunity to boo everyone they don't support, and for the ones that are there because they support anybody but Ron Paul, that just the the math just kind of works against him. Well, let's go to Benjamin in California here. Benjamin. Hey guys. What's going on? I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to give an update on the case of me and my brother uh, being arrested for a taxes equal theft sign. A, th- a task, uh, excuse me, taxes, taxes are taxes equal theft. Taxes equal theft. Okay. Yeah, we were on an overpass uh, with a with a big old sign that said taxes equal theft. And, and you were wearing we were Guy Fox masks, a la we V were. for Vendetta. Correct. And uh, uh, they originally arrested us for that. Then they added a charge of trespassing and defacement of property um but anyways so our cases progressed to the point where uh they offered us a plea deal um that uh, i can't imagine a plea deal getting any better it was to reduce it to a violation level um uh, littering charge if we would just admit that we uh dropped say a paper clip out of our pocket Um, (gasps) oh my gosh down to that and then uh waive the fines admit it and waive the fine Admit it, yeah. you dropped the paper clip. Those are right. deadly. They just wanted to, you know, get get a win. I would get. I, I, if it's wow, um, that's we, pathetic. We, we <laughs> no, hold on, just a second. <laughs> I, we've got to run this by again. So yeah, what really. they're saying is, is they're going to give you a ticket, but suspend the fine. As long as you admit we're bad for wearing the masks and saying what we want to say on an overpass, using our, you know, peaceably assembling, we're bad for peaceably assembling here in the United States. Is that right? Uh, I guess. I mean, they dropped the mask charge, so at that point they they were only having the holding a sign charge. <laughs> wait, wait. What what was the mask charge? Is um, it is it illegal in California to be in public with a mask? No, it's it's not. But that's what we got arrested for anyway. Well, what, the, it is illegal to like obscure wear a mask to for the purpose of obscuring your identity in California, right? Like before a police Correct. officer. Like if, if you're a, for instance, a felon on the run, it's illegal for you to hide who you are by wearing a mask or a fake mustache or, or something like that. Right, you wear a real mustache. A felon on the run, if he's wearing a mask, you know, I don't think well, there's anything suspicious about that at all. We just, you know. And we showed them our faces. I mean, we were <laughs> right, trying to conceal but, our identity. But isn't this really about the sign? I mean, you're threatening their livelihoods here, dude. Yep. Well, and, and you can watch the video and... Because luckily, even though they've taken our phones as evidence and, and we haven't got them back in four months, um, we, we used Quick, so uh, we still got the video of the incident. So if anybody's curious as to what exactly happened... So uh, what are you going to do? 
You going to take? Well, so gonna, we we turned down the plea deal uh, because the we're ticket. Going to take one of those. The t- you're not you're uh, not going to take the ticket the the free the the ticket no. with no fine plea deal. <laughs> no. Oh my god. Okay. So. So, so, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, this would be for dropping a paperclip. They say if you admit to dropping the paperclip, that's the, the plea deal, well, right? Right, but we didn't have anything in our pocket. I, I, would, I would almost do it just to, for the value of generating that piece of paper that says, <laughs> here is your citation for dropping a paperclip from your pocket. I think that no, has won't greater be on value there. for embarrassing them. It'll just be a ticket for, for littering. Um, oh. Judge Napolitano said that taxation is theft right on TV several times. I've heard him myself. Well, and, and so, so since we turned that plea deal down, they when we went back to court, they uh, increased the charges to uh, the sign thing and a resisting charge. So we now have two misdemeanors we're facing. Resisting. But we finally got a court date for the, the end of November. It's the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Good luck, guys. I really, uh, I really hope the best, yeah, best for you. Best of luck. You know, this just shows how weak their cases are and how much they really want to stick it to you. 855-450 free. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Go to news.freetalklive.com. There you can uh, get email. You can sign up for email updates. Uh, check out our Twitter, our Facebook. It's news.freetalklive.com. You can stay in in touch with all the things that are going on. You'll be the probably the first one to find out when Ian gets out. If you go to news.freetalklive.com, do you have a company that needs to try something new? In the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page, SACL CAI. Let's go to Michelle in New Hampshire. Michelle. Hi, guys. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Michelle. Hey, I waved you. I waved to you today. I'm enjoying seeing y'all on uh, on the uh, the cam there. I feel like a voyeur. <laughs> did you see us? I, I saw the titty dance you did, Wayne. I appreciate that. Did you see the glute dance too? <gasps> oh wait. Uh oh, you missed it. If you're watching, if you're watching on the webcam now, you know with Michelle's I endorsement, am. you can't take your eyes off for a second, even during the commercials. That's when it gets really freaky in here. I know. I was telling someone the other day that you know, if if we could show the outtakes, or that that it'd be like a you know, it, it'd go viral. It'd be a lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to flash at least. I try to flash mark at least once every Friday. We yeah. know, we know. <laughs> hey, you know, I saw you today in your car and waved, but you didn't see me. Oh. You were picking your nose. Oh, God, <laughs> you liar. So, so, yeah, speaking of today, I wanted to share with you what we, what we did for um, 
voluntarism in uh, the state adjoining us, Vermont. A few of us went up there, uh, my son and then a couple local keniacs, Luther, who's on the show often, and uh, Andrew, whom we call 280, and we went up to Vermont. I'd been wanting to go for a while, and um, and after the hurricane went through there. And, there was uh, a lot of destruction in Vermont as far as uh, Hurricane Irene went. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, we'd had a hurricane party at my house, and we were all kind of like, ah, ha, ha, some hurricane, lost our electricity for two hours, and thought, you know, I thought everyone on the East Coast was just a bunch of wimps. Well, New Hampshire, you know, small state that it is, must have just got the eye, because Vermont just got trashed. It did. And, um, mm-hmm. And so I saw some photos and called a friend up there, and he said, yeah, you know, give it a week or so, and then come on up and help us clean up, which is what we did today. And interestingly enough, the um, the governor of, uh, of Vermont um, – I'm sorry, not the governor, uh, Rep. Peter Welch, um, he spoke to the Senate and was requesting $7 billion in FEMA aid for the I'll state. I'll tell you, there's no state that's better – at getting federal aid than Vermont. I mean, they mm-hmm. know how to work the system. Oh, yeah. There yeah. are Bernie markers. Sanders keeps getting reelected. <laughs> there are yep. markers every one twentieth of a mile in Vermont <laughs> <laughs> on the interstate. I mean, I have never seen this in another state. The, on the interstate, there are one twentieth of a mile markers, and you know what those things must cost a piece. They've got to be ten thousand dollars per, <laughs> per per stick in the ground. Go ahead. Well, right, and so. Um, the gentleman that we were helping, Mark, who has a, a marina up there, we got out with his pontoon and hauled in, you know, porta potties and just uh, the trash that had floated down from um, from where the flooding had occurred. They pulled they pulled out a house, they pulled out a gallery there, we pulled out a jeep. I mean, it's just awful. And um, and uh, what he was telling me is that Vermont has these gold star cities, such as Killington, basically all of the cities, that, all the towns that have uh, ski resorts where they could they generate a lot of um, revenue. And um, those, there was a uh, Proposition 6, I think is what it's called. Um, it was voted, because we all know that democracy works, uh, it was voted to have those star cities basically um, increase their... Taxes by, I think it was ninety-two percent. My God! And yeah, and um, and they then all the money goes into a fund and then gets you know redistributed. And so you know um, what ends up happening is in those communities uh, something which is what we've seen thus far. They're being they're requesting FEMA to help, but you know neighbors and things really aren't getting out there in droves like they would be if they weren't relying upon that. In fact, yep, this is kind of like showed- the, the government says we'll take care of the poor people, so people are less likely to help their neighbor when mm-hmm. they're um, when times are tough because they believe the government's going to do it. Another thing, Michelle, about those gold star cities or gold plated cities, whatever you want to call them, a lot of uh, property there is owned by people out of state with a lot of money, so they they think well, it's- which they're selling it as fast as they can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're taking their their money and they're leaving the state and and um Mark was telling me that a bunch of people took um bulldozers and whatever heavy equipment they had as well as you know sheer numbers and uh went over to some a soccer field to get the soccer field all cleaned up so the kids could resume playing soccer and of all of the kids in the area you know hundreds of kids that played soccer four families showed up only four families out of all the kids who who actually have 
um, you know, a vested interest in having that cleaned up. And they, and the reason being is they were waiting for the government to come clean it up. Mm-hmm. So Luther and 280 and my son and I said, well, we're not going to wait for the they government. They probably think the up. government did come and clean it up, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, think I mean, the, the tooth is gone and there's a dollar here. There must be a tooth fairy. <laughs> right? Well, you know, I think that you know, um, volunteering is such a great way to spread outreach and in, you know, to say that, you know, I don't want to make light of their dire situation, but, um, you know, we were able to talk to three people at a gas station, a couple girls in a grocery store, and then, of course, Mark, who we were helping, and a few other people about why we'd come up from New Hampshire, why we were, um, what we're all about, and volunteerism, and um, it was actually, it was, it was a great outreach. And, mm-hmm. and, um, that is great outreach, and thanks for doing it, Michelle. I really appreciate that. You know, I can't, yeah. when I lived out in California, Michelle, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I used to see a lot of homeless people in California when I lived there, and I can't tell you how many times I used to hear someone say, go get food stamps. I, I'll help you get food stamps. Did you ever hear that? That's very nice. I've never heard that yet, but that's that's a new one. Oh, well, yeah. And, and Mark, I forgot to tell you, I hugged you before I left. You know, I'm just covered in sewer water, so make sure you shower me. <laughs> you smell pretty good, though. <laughs> My sniffer doesn't work that well. Anyway, Michelle, thanks for the call. 855-453. Dirty girl, isn't she? <laughs> Let's go to Ronnie in Michigan. Ronnie? Hey. Guys, how are you guys? All's well. Um, I'm a big fan of Adam because uh, I just one day uh, a few months ago, actually right around April-ish, I stumbled upon his show online and started watching it and uh, found Russian today on my Roku box and started watching it there and kind of said that that's gone. But uh, I was just wondering, you guys... uh, do you guys know of a good, reliable, like, independent, like, science website or something so I can uh, find out more independent stuff instead of going to the government site? Ronnie, hold the line. 855-450-FREE. You've got an answer for Ronnie. We're going to have to find a better. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Eight fifty five four fifty free. It's free talk live. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's Mark with you and Adam and Wayne. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know they're not very good for your health. In fact, some folks would claim they're going to kill you. There's a better option. 
22,000 times healthier uh, by some estimates. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will already save $120 a month by switching to e-cigarettes. And Vaporsmiths uh, e-cigarette is uh, of much higher quality than most of the chintzy ones you, you can get on the Internet. There's no more ashtray mouth, no more smell, no secondhand smoke, no smoke at all. You can use it just about anywhere. There's free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit if you purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. That includes the free shipping because uh, the 40 cartomizers are about $69. To get it, call 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com. This is a really awesome deal. If you've been thinking about doing it, this is this is the one you need to do. Vaporsmiths.com. Let's go back to Ronnie in Michigan. Ronnie. Hey. So restate your question, please. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big um, astronomical or astronomy kind of guy, and I'm just trying to find a good, reliable, independent uh, agency website, whatever you want to call it, um, that just talks about the latest in that field. I, I'm having a hard time finding um, reliable, what seems to be more reliable information um, on, like, the comet Elenin or stuff like that. Just, I, I'm... I think most science is done by government organizations. I mean, you know, at this point, science is so thoroughly in bed with government that I don't think there are very many organizations. Yeah, but on that stuff, when when NASA tells you comets are doing this and planets are doing that, it's not the same as the EPA telling you where the pollution is a threat or not. It's not the same as the CIA trying to tell you how many terrorists there are trying to kill you. It's not the same as all these government... I'm not... of, uh, I, I'm plenty concerned about the wastefulness of NASA, but I'm really not too concerned about their integrity. I don't know. I think they're in on uh, to some extent. They, you know, they they've gotten involved in the greenhouse gas thing, and I okay, I, that's okay. I have that, a difficult okay, time just figuring out Very one way point. or the other what's going on there because I know that in models, CO two and other greenhouse gases will raise uh, temperatures, but I also know that models don't always work because there are extraneous factors inside uh, that are working with uh, the globe. I mean Mars. Is, uh, its temperature is increasing. So I frankly don't know. I think that both of these things are true. Well, your curiosity is very well warranted. And, and if you think about it, there are very few really independent scientists anymore. Most of them work for big corporations or government. And there are political agendas there which uh, can cloud what they do. And a lot of research money gets dangled over these scientists' head to uh, come out with findings that are um, yep. good for the benefactor. So yeah, I, I just, I just, for example, I've been trying, you know, learn more about this comet LNN, and I keep looking it up, and I keep running into um, sites that talk about how it's um, they're throwing prophecies into it. I just want to know about the comet, not. All this other junk that mm-hmm. can be thrown into it too. If I, I wanted to find out about the comet, I'd go to the uh, the you know the government funded science websites. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 if you want to talk about private sp- space exploration, where the money is, because you can't really sell pictures of comets when the government's given away for free. Um, you know, the private there's SpaceX and um, you know SpaceX.com and all kinds of I, a couple of different organizations that are are into that. But I don't know about this. Where's the profit motive, I guess, would be my question, Ronnie. 
I, w- I was just kind of curious on, you know, seeing if there is an alternate um, site because I already go to the the NASA site, I already do the USGS site, and all these. But it's like I kind of wanted. I uh, was wondering if you guys knew if there was a, an independent one out there that I wasn't aware of yet or anything like that. I can't figure out how they'd make any money. I just can't figure out how they make they'd make any money, Ronnie. I I I don't know of one, and I don't know how they would make money. Gotcha. <laughs> I oh, appreciate yeah, it, though. If you do out. find one, please let us know. Give us a call back and let us know, because there's, there's somebody else that's listening that wants to know this information. You know what? There, there is a site. I've got to find it that I found very interesting. I'll pull it up, and then we can discuss it on the air after uh, you, you get off the air with us. Keep listening, Ronnie. Thanks a lot. Yep. Bye. 855-450-FREE. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line, 855 so, Wayne, you had actually some um, some articles that you uh, brought in that you wanted to talk about. Yes, I did. One is a very unfortunate story down in San Antonio, Texas. 14-year-old boy shot and killed by police officer. The Bexar County Medical Examiner's Office has released the identity of a, the 14-year-old boy who was shot and killed by Northside Independent School District police officer on Friday. According to the medical district cop shot him, okay? Yes, and this guy has a rather checkered past, as we'll get into in a minute. According to the medical examiner, Derek Lopez, 14, was killed by a single gunshot wound fired by Officer Daniel Alvarado, 40 years old. The shooting happened shortly after 4 p.m. Friday in the Santa Fe subdivision located on Roswell Canyon near the intersection of Highway 151 and Potrango Road. According to the report, which was released on Monday... Alvarado was patrolling the neighborhood and saw Lopez assaulting someone. Alvarado began chasing Lopez on foot through the neighborhood, but lost sight of him, probably because he was too heavy to catch up. A witness, Yes, it is. Mall cop. A witness reported the teen was in a backyard at a house on Rose, Roswell Canyon. The officer didn't see him at first, but approached the storage shed to search further for the suspect, announcing several times, police, police. The report also stated that the Lopez lunged through the doorway at Alvarado, intentionally knocking the shed door into Alvarado's face. Hmm. The report further details that, fearing for his life, Alvarado discharged one round, striking Lopez in his torso. Hmm. Gonzalez said Monday that Lopez had been expelled from Pease Middle School and then from a Northside Alternative School and was attending the Bexar County Juvenile Justice Academy. You know, this seems like uh, the, the the situation that one should have the one's taser out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, assault with a deadly uh, shed door um, <laughs> seems like an excessive use of uh, force to shoot a kid in center mass uh, with the with the old Glock forty there. Fourteen um, year old. I, I, you know, I mean, he has no reason to believe that the suspect was armed, and you know, I just it seems like this is this is a reason to use one's taser as opposed to uh, shooting some kid, or maybe his hands. Well, you know, I mean, I, I understand why one's going to want to have something in one's hands when one goes up to a, you know, a shed. I mean, he, I suppose the kid could have had an axe at that point, but he didn't. And, you know, I mean, if you're not, I don't know. Seems like uh, it was you know, too, too much force. It, clearly, it didn't turn out very well. Well, his mom says, quote, my son didn't deserve that. He was a good kid, said Denise Moreno, Lopez's mother. He was very good. Everyone who knew my son knew that he was a loving kid, and he did for everybody. So I don't appreciate anything bad that they're saying about my son. Moreno said 
she had not given a lot of details about the shooting and has not had a chance to view her son's body. The San Antonio Police Department is investigating the shooting. Alvarado has been with the Northside School District for 17 years and will remain on administrative leave until the investigation is complete. The family is planning a service uh, there in, in uh, a certain funeral home. I won't get into that. But there's another, another story on the same thing. It gets into this fellow, this um, shooter, who basically has got a pretty bad record. He, he Let's see. And I remember uh, when this case first came out, that was what the real outrage was, that this guy was still on the force and that there was really little surprise that, that an officer in this situation would do this. He, According to the story I'm looking at, he was reprimanded 16 times in the last four <laughs> years, suspended without pay Lord. five times and almost fired for insubordination. And in this incident was being insubordinate to the officer, senior officer he was working with. Yeah. That's wow. pretty egregious. It really is. 855 450 free. Mall cop with a badge. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Wednesday edition with Mark and Adam and Wayne. Check out shop.freetalklive.com. It is a place for you to go to. Uh, well, you can do all your purchases online there that you normally do through Amazon or Newegg, and. A little bit will go back to Free Talk Live. It's shop.freetalklive.com. You get the same prices, the same great service that you normally get from these uh, reputable online companies, but Free Talk Live gets a little little bonus. It's just a way to help out. It's shop.freetalklive.com. So, Wayne, um, more on this story of the, the 14, un, unarmed 14-year-old being uh, shot by the school resource officer who has, what, 16... Um, you know what reprimands in the last four years is that right yeah that's, it's pretty ridiculous he and he was i guess he was suspended uh five times so he has a pretty checkered past even even as in his in his official capacity even by law enforcement officer standards <laughs> yeah and and there's a lot of good police officers out there and you don't hear about them it's just like watching sports when the referee makes a good call you don't even notice they're there right there there are a lot of great cops out there it's important to point out because it's really just the other 95 percent that give the good ones a bad name it makes me wonder. Whatever I don't know percentage, what the percentages are, but whatever percentage that is. Well, you know why? Because it's uh, you can't say that it's more than five percent that are actively working against this kind of crap. You it's know, this not. is the this is the thing is um, you know there may very well be cops that follow orders and do a fine job within the parameters of their orders, but many of their orders are bad too. So f- following bad orders doesn't make one a good cop. And their unspoken orders are when Often, when yeah. things like this happens, and the guy who just shot a kid. And I, I remember this the story here now is saying that. He was uh, suspended without pay or something like that. When it first happened, and he was first being investigated for this, when it happened, what, uh, uh, over a year ago, 
he um he was just put on a desk job. I mean, and 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 full pay. So he was getting paid the same amount for doing less work. Right. So where are the good cops and, then? And, right. Exactly. And then there's the other alternative, which is paid vacation. Right. And, you know, this is when I think about the Derek J incident uh, today where he was arrested. Were all these cops that did this, uh, you know, were they good with him? Yes. They didn't hurt him or anything like that. And one could call them good cops. But those same cops, if I complain about a business being open, all the businesses on Main Street that are open on Sunday, it's against the law in New Hampshire. Are they going to go and shut those businesses down? If so, why are those? If not, and they're not, um, why would those cops? Are you sure? Let's find out. Well, I, I don't mind. We um, could have a campaign. We, we could we could make it clear that the will of the people is that all those stores are shut down on Sunday. Well, they should absolutely do something. Either get rid of this stupid law or enforce it because these cops are using their discretion, and their discretion says we're going to go after some kid who's smoking uh, pot in Central Square as a protest against unjust drug laws. But we're not going to do anything about businesses trying to make a buck on Sunday. So I, 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 you know, I question their discretion if, and I question them being called good cops at that point. Exactly. Don't some of these businesses in New Hampshire that open on Sundays, don't they have some sort of a special waiver that I know. they pay for? I don't think so. Maybe in mass. I remember hearing that. It may have been mass. but I haven't heard anything like that, but mm-hmm. you know, could very well be so. Anyway, uh, the other thing was that uh, this this officer was ignoring his supervisor's orders to stay with the victim and get the information from him. Alvarado placed the second boy into the patrol car and sped into the neighborhood in search for Derek. Uh, Lopez said her son jumped over a fence and hid in a shed in the backyard of a house. Right, and this is the other thing about this is... This is a fight at the bus stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you have the victim at, I mean, he probably knows what the kid's name is. He goes to the bus stop on a regular basis. The chances of him not knowing who it is, I mean, there's really no well, reason for hot pursuit here. Or him becoming a fugitive right. from yeah. the law right. over he's, this. He's going to run back, he's going to run to Mexico and uh, live out his life in a uh, desert uh, hacienda. Yeah, go to his mom's house at dinner time and you'll find him. Yeah. This is absolute nonsense. And to put a, put a round in a kid's chest over this is absolute insanity. Well, that's probably why he's not with a regular police department and he was with the uh, school district. Well, great. That's great. The guy's so incompetent you don't want him on the street, so you put him in the schools with our kids and give him a gun? Give him Look, a gun. I'll that- tell you what. You give, this guy, <laughs> you give this guy a can of mace and then he can't do anything worse. I mean, take it. Yeah. You know, at this point, 16 reprimands in four years? This, to me, isn't an incompetent officer. This is incompetent administration. Well, you know, part of why this happens is that there are personnel pressures on police forces today when they're oh, yeah. when they're expanding and people don't want to join and they have to they, they can't fire people because because you know there's the union pressure yeah and it's all impossible that. to fire somebody yeah, yeah it's incredibly difficult to fire especially a government employee with you know who, who knows what kind of union pressure exists with this particular department but you know that people aren't you know because of the the work of liberty activists because of What's possible with the internet and the videos like this getting out and stories like this being impossible to bury? A, a lot more of the good people are saying, you know, I'm just going to take care of myself. I'm just going to open carry, or I'm not going to let myself be put in a situation like the cops today were who arrested uh, Derek, saying, "Well, I believe in the laws, and uh, I believe in well, not all, you know." And and just being in that point of cognitive dissonance, the only people that are willing to go into the system now are the ones that can live with that. And are willing to sell their morals. And, you know, this is what I was thinking about today is um, 
you know, the Keen Cops uh, have often been pretty good with the activists in a lot of ways, but there's been a, an, an influx of new cops on the uh, in, in, in the force, and you can get a new guy to do anything. And here's uh, here's a story from my personal experience. There was when I went to work at a radio station, the commissions had changed recently before I came on board, and some of the old people didn't like that the way the commissions had changed. One guy in particular who wasn't, uh, you know within the politics he didn't do particularly well of the the station you know the commissions changed and he didn't get any bonuses really and so he felt he had been screwed and you know this was he was just angry about the commissions and to the point where he actually got fired over it uh, over that as some sort of insubordinate act um not that i don't you know he shouldn't have had to do what they were asking him to do but he got fired over this um insubordinate act and i didn't care anything about it because I was getting the commission I was told I was going to get when I started the job. So my expectations were met. His expectations weren't met. And so this is really about expectations. If you bring on a new officer and say, look, we've got a gang problem here in Keene. Uh, we've got these uh, these people calling themselves free staters. free staters or free Keeners or whatever. And they cause all kinds of problems and they're, they're just annoying as heck and we need you to handle them. Well, they're going to do it because that's what their expectation has been built when they come on. No problem. I know how to handle this. I'll follow orders and I'll do exactly as I'm told. And you know, whereas you might not get an older officer to say, well, you know, whoa, 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 Captain, this uh, mm, is over the top. You can't arrest this guy for this. You know, I was These younger a, people aren't going to do that at all. I, I was no. having a little daydream today about what it would be like doing outreach in New Hampshire as a free stater, as a liberty activist. And they couldn't have made it any easier than making the state motto live free or die. Sure. Do you guys get I just have to ask, is there you guys get a lot of mileage out of that? Like, hey, we just came here because your state motto was live free or die. We thought you meant it literally. Yeah. Um, no? I, I, I don't think that it goes very far with the residents. I think they're like, well, look, it just it's just a motto and a license. Plate. Well, this, for, to the statists is actually sometimes an annoyance. Because they, they, they basically, their motto is live for free and die. Mm. So, I don't know. Uh, you know. Oh, or live free and die bold. <laughs> <laughs> the, the voting machines. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't think that the live free or die thing does, uh, does a particular lot for the residents or the, uh, the statists. They see New Hampshire as a freer place than most states, and it's true. And but, you know, there's specific instances where it's certainly not. There's no medical marijuana um, provision here in in New Hampshire. But it's good enough to be freer than Massachusetts, because then you get the economic benefits of lower taxation, which has a lot of the business coming into Mm -hmm. Keene, right? Uh, Yes, but a lot of it has a lot of Massachusetts moving upwards so that they can, uh, you know, benefit from the lower taxes. But they want the same benefits that they had in Massachusetts. So they continue to vote for, you know, the Democrats or whatever that are going to bring that to them. So, you know, I don't know that the live. I think that to think how you would feel if it was your state and you and somebody said we're coming in here to fix this place because it's broken and it's um, not statist enough. You guys, you guys don't know what uh, you're doing here. We're going to come in and fix it for you. And I think that that's probably the biggest hurdle that free staters have. And What's frankly, really, well, that's really easy reframing though to, to to fight that. We we don't we're not here to fix anything. We love what you're doing. We just want more of it. it yes, but you never get an opportunity to reframe it. Reframe it. You, no one's oh. ever going to say get 
out of here, free state or go home. And if they do, they're going to say it from a sidewalk 50 feet away from you. Um, so you don't ever get to have that, uh, that opportunity to have that conversation. It just, you know, the, basically the free state or motto is, you know, we're going to move 20,000 liberty loving individuals to one state and that state we're going to fix once we get there. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of a tough thing. Frankly, personally, I'm not going to call myself a free stater if I were just moving into town. If I had it all to do over again and, and didn't have a nationally syndicated radio program, <laughs> free stater wouldn't be the word that I would use when I came to town. I would just be moving here. You know, why'd yeah. you move here? I love New Hampshire. I, you know, we should have been more secretive. <laughs> What do you think? Should you know? Should we wear our uh, slogan on our sleeve? Eight fifty five, four fifty, free, free talk live. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can give us a call and talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what the uh, the point of the show is. And, well, the website is completely interactive, too. You can go over there and upload or link to whatever you'd like to uh, to link to at freetalklive.com. Stories on the Internet, uh, news stories, blog posts, whatever you'd like. People will vote up your submission, vote it down. You can do the same with others. It's freetalklive.com. Let's go to William in Texas. William? Hey, how are you doing, Mark? All's well, William. I'm here with uh, Adam and Wayne. Hey, Wayne and Adam. How are you guys doing? Outstanding. Perfect. What can we do for you, William? Well, I was was listening to your podcast. I don't usually listen to you guys live. and I kind of wanted to say that I've been a long time... uh, for the death penalty, but you guys just kind of changed my mind on it. You know, I was a big proponent of the death penalty for quite some time, too. There is a video out there on the Internet of uh, or somewhere of me, um, you know, being in prison blues advocating for the death penalty just because I think it's the right. I thought it was the right and just thing to do. But over time, I was, uh, you know, got educated on the issue and I changed my mind. So what what specifically changed your mind, William? Well, um, well, first of all, I'd love to see that video, but uh, if you, you know, maybe I'll... <laughs> I got to look for it. <laughs> Is it online, Mark? Anyway, I don't know. Well, Go ahead. I'm I, sorry. I guess all all these no no problems. Uh, all these uh, stories I hear is basically what I'd call a broken justice system, uh, corruption in the justice system, and and the whole uh, eyewitness evidence thing mm-hmm. that you guys were talking about, saying uh, most. Eyewitness uh, witnesses are not that reliable. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, one wouldn't think this. It's, it's counterintuitive, but it turns out that people are not very good with, uh, um, you know, eyewitness accounts. And they've done science on this and, you know, had some, for instance, a, a class full of kids and then somebody will come in and do some crime and then have everybody describe who that is and pick them up out of a lineup. And frankly, they're not very good at it. That's no joke, and that was one of the things I or you brought that example uh, to the forefront because that was one of the ones I always remember of hearing this, you know, a guy running in with a red shirt or something, and you know, in blue pants, and then they ask a description of you know, what was the guy wearing, and they end up with all kinds of different stories yeah, of what he was wearing. It's really crazy. <laughs> yeah, it seems less, so. And that's just it seems so that's obvious. Just the clothing. Yeah. Right, and that's just the, that's just the clothing. We're not talking about facial features or. Uh, or other important attributes that could describe someone. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're talking about shirt and pants, that's something that somebody can change out immediately. And, I mean, I'm sure that there are eyewitnesses out there that are, you know, telling the God's honest truth when they say, I'll never forget that face. But there are plenty of them out there that that (laughs) think that they'll never forget it and, and actually have the wrong face. Right, and Adam, I, I saw you at the uh, the Jefferson uh, dance off, and that was uh, truly uh, a restraint on your part, and that's something to to be uh, commented or what commendated. Commendated, right? I think that sounds right. Thank you. Yeah, after that, I applied to be a police officer, and they uh, they wouldn't let me go through the training or wear a badge and a gun. They said you just have too much restraint. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that's a good one, man. <laughs> Well, okay. There's so many things I could go on and on for days about, but I did uh, have a couple of questions or whatever. Sure. Or maybe this is something I could take offline. Uh, you can ask whatever question you'd like. Well, you know, you guys talk about like uh, a median citizen. I mean, well, first of all, I'm not a fan of the the Iraq War or the Afghanistan wars. Mm-hmm. Which is worth saying because there are fans of those wars still out there oh, creeping sure. around in this country. I bet they're in the minority though. <laughs> Vocal minority, well, they are now. Well, the thing, you know, it's so... Okay, I used to be a proponent of death penalty. Mm-hmm. I'm not as much anymore. And, and you, y'all point out on other shows and even recent shows about people changing their minds on certain things. And I'm one of those people. And it, it, it fascinates me how people get cornered into these paradigms of pro-war or anti-gay or all these arguments that everybody gets... They seem like sidetracked to me, you know. Mm-hmm. You get people sidetracked on issues, but yep. I guess I have a friend of mine. He's a real good guy, and he uh, his dad was a general, and uh, and I, me and him discuss the war quite often. He's a pretty educated guy. Uh, he reads really big books that I don't <laughs> I don't read, and uh, you don't you don't have to read same. big big books anymore to be smart. There's this thing called the interwebs. Yeah, it's full of tubes. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a big yeah, truck. I, I agree, and it, 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 what my point to is, this guy he's a he's a good guy. He's a uh, uh, he's a Catholic guy, but don't get me started on that. But anyway, he's a good guy. But he uh, he defends us defending Israel, for example. And I kind of don't know what to say no, to no, him no. about that. We don't defend Israel. We have a massive welfare program designed just for Israel. 
You know, the, the, when this came up in the debate yesterday, I'm surprised we, we didn't talk about this. This and this came up again today because that seat, that that special election for filling Wiener's seat in New York, yep. came up, and they said that part of the part of this was a uh, refutation, not just of Obama's economic policies, but of all of a sudden it's is all it's also about his policy towards Israel because he's he's right. he's threatening our support towards Israel. It's like, well, you, you mean? Uh, the, the slightest adjustment in the rhetoric towards Israel while mm-hmm. we still give them $40 billion a year in, exactly. in aid. Like, that's what? That, oh, that's enough to get the American people to, to change their, their voting this habits? Is all, this Seriously? Is all, uh, Adam, this is all sl- classic divide and conquer. Yeah. You know, well, that, Israel especially. Yeah, but, but I mean, basically you hear all this rhetoric all the time. And it's just designed to get people fighting amongst themselves so they don't see the real problems. Well, if we can if we can fight over whether Israel should get forty billion dollars or forty one billion dollars, somebody's still walking away forty billion dollars very very happy. Yes, and this this whole way that they use the language and and the the press makes no effort to you know make it clear what we're talking about here. They just uh, you know they just report what the candidates say. Uh, we're just communicating what they you know and and the candidates it's it's just about control, it's just about dollars and it's disgusting. But in the end it all, it's always spun down to the right left paradigm. Indeed. Yeah, Wait. and that's what I was talking about earlier. That's what I was talking about earlier. Everybody getting separated by all these different arguments, you know, about this or that. Like you said, 40, 40 billion versus forty one billion or whatever. The one thing he says to me, and here's a question to throw at you guys. Uh, like he says, like okay, Israel's an ally or whatever that means. Uh, and if we see people attacking Israel, is it just right for us to stand aside? And uh, let that happen. And let me preface this by saying that I told him that, um, you know, if it's that good of a cause in a truly free society, there could be a fund, the Protect Israel Fund or whatever. And people right. It's, it's okay. It. Yes, it's absolutely okay to go in and use force to protect someone. But what's not okay is to pay for that effort of protection by stealing from people first. Right. And, you know, this, there, there is a history of this in the United States. The IRA was funded through private donations, as was the Armenian, um, conflict in, uh, you know, with, uh, with Turkey during the early part of the 20th century. I think, yeah. Um, and they both did their fundraising here in the United States to fund efforts uh, over there in, in foreign countries. So it can be done. And frankly, it's ludicrous. Israel can take care of itself. Just fine. Yeah. United States isn't just, uh, you know, the the it, it, United States is basically the master of the pit bull when it comes to Israel, because what that what they're afraid of is taking it off the chain and no longer owning the pit bull. And then what is it going to do? Not to, you know, my apologies to all the pit bulls out there, um, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> they're they're afraid of what Israel is going to do. They want to control Israel. And that's what it's about. Israel should have its own foreign policy and and live or die by it. And Israel can take care of itself. It has plenty of weapons. It is, uh, you know, the best trained military in the Middle East. They've shown themselves to be able to handle what was it, three countries in the Six Day War or whatever. They, they're they're just fine. And they're very innovative people. Very productive, innovative people. In- indeed, William. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. People ask me, Tim, 
Why did you start VerbalSurgery.com? Well, it's easy. I started making these podcasts to make you feel better right now. That's right. From the tops of the Himalayas to the bottom of the deepest seas. That's right. These broadcasts go out to everywhere on the planet and most importantly, deep inside of your brain to make you feel better right now. And isn't that what it's all about? VerbalSurgery.com. Check it out today. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the Sacral Toll Free Call in Line here on Free Talk Lives Live Wednesday Night Edition. It's Mark with you. And Adam. And Wayne. You've been hearing a lot about bitcoins. Maybe you didn't know how, how to go and how about getting them. Well, here's an easy way. You can get bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the United States, including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have your Bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved. It works just like a person-to-person cash transaction, but you do it over the Internet. To learn more, visit exchangebitcoins.com. Again, it's exchangebitcoins.com. I've got my account over there. I, just, I found out about this a couple of days ago. I want you to know about it, too. Exchangebitcoins.com. Let's go to Corey in Florida. Corey? Hello, guys. What's happening? Um, I was wanting to talk tonight about the group Anonymous. What group Anonymous? They're anonymous. They don't exist. Yeah. Um, Adam, I know he support he very much supported them on Adam versus the Man, which is one of the things that actually got me to learn about him first. That and the Libya the um, Libyan Revolution, but mainly Anonymous and Adam's personal view on them. Well, it's I have to reject the terminology that you use in in describing anonymous because anonymous is not a, a group or even a certain well, number of I people. Understand who, who I understand it's it's um it's a philosophy and a brand name more than anything. Not even it's 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 an idea. It's an idea that people can use however they feel, and that's one of the things that makes it valuable, but also one of the things that makes it vulnerable. And it's really what we make it and, and, and how people take it up. But the idea of using what we are allowed to do with the Internet that we're not really able to do in real life in terms of spreading information without taking responsibility for it because the government has criminalized certain information or, or certain actions, I, I think that's amazing. And, and not everything that Anonymous does is great, but a, a lot of what people, I should say, um, what some of the people calling themselves anonymous. anonymous, right? Exactly. You know, I think it's really important to use the correct terminology for for this. It's really hard, and and the way people think about things is changing now. Because you know, if you go put up a a group on the internet, anybody can call themselves that name, and you do some exciting stuff. Some people are going to get involved that may do some stuff that you don't want them to use the name. You know, there's no opportunity to sue them for copyright infringement here or trademark infringement or anything like that. They can just do what they want. So people really have to break out of this group mentality. There's a group out there called Anonymous, but that group changes every single day, every minute. Right. Well, it's more, I think it's better to say that it's it's the underbelly of the Internet. It's the conscience of the Internet. It's the vengeful nature of the internet is all these things in none because it is what we it is it is what we make of it and everybody has their own individual concept of it and i can say anonymous is a libertarian cause because i'm biased and i'm libertarian but i have to 
to be to be honest to myself, acknowledge that there are lots of people on the internet organizing or acting as individuals under the banner or not of anonymous who are who have distinctly different beliefs than I do, but generally believe in in the in the sort of core concepts of anonymous of the ethos of the internet, which is in and of itself nebulous and evolving, and that's what makes it so beautiful. But some of the things that you get when you have the entire wealth of human information and uh, knowledge right at your fingertips is you. You, you tend to value things like freedom of speech and freedom of information. And those things, for me, are, are very much at the core of, of what it means to be anonymous and, and what the cause represents. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a supporter of the idea because it's an idea of activism that encourages people to get involved and take advantage of what's afforded to us by the Internet. Corey? Corey? Yeah, I mean, um, okay. I, hello? I was just making sure that you're, you're there. Okay. Um, I pretty much agree with you about all you said. So I'm, um, and we said about many members, people that believe in anonymous and use the label, will use the um, idea. Mm-hmm. Many of them, pretty much, it's libertarians and the occasional anarchists, or they don't specifically say what they are personally. Yeah, I don't know whether one can even go that far. I think that some of them are just, you know, just kids having fun, following other folks. Uh, right. Oh, this looks like fun to do. There's a prankster, and there's a completely apolitical prankster element to it as well, which is representative of the visceral emotional reactions that are prompted by the Internet, the indignation at certain affronts to justice that leads you to want to prank somebody or some institution and, and be a thorn in their side. That, too, I mean, being just a, a sort of... Fun-loving, having that element of, of fun-loving pranksterism, we're going to stick it to the man. I mean, I, that certainly has a, a big appeal to me that has nothing to do with politics, but a sort of visceral human emotional reaction to people that want to control others. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the prankster attitude, Anonymous wouldn't have existed in the first place. I mean, it started yep. off as a group of trolls. Internet trolls. And, you know, hackers and, and that kind of thing. I mean, these, so, I mean, if it wasn't oh, for the hacker community. Well, right, right. And a lot of people, you know, when they first hear about Anonymous, they hear about either Scientology or some specific hack or some use of the low orbit ion cannon to take Love out a name. website. It's beautiful. The, the, the certain snarkiness of the, in the culture is also very rich. Um, so it's very easy to have your perception of what anonymous is tainted by that and oh online hackers oh if it's if it's with the internet and it's i don't really get it it must be hackers so like a lot of people <laughs> that oh it's a group of criminal hackers on the interwebs and we don't really understand it but we don't like them they're bad <laughs> so they must be from china and you're starting to hear a lot of talk from the u.s government and even the military about all these uh, c- cyber terrorism they're calling it and they need to hire all these people to combat this Corey, thank you for the call let's go to Carlos. Carlos, where are you calling from? Carlos, you there? I don't hear Carlos. Carlos, I heard a little noise. Going once, going twice. Hi, let's go to Ty in Tennessee. Hey, guys. Uh, good evening again. Well, who'd you, uh, did you say Ian? No, no good, good evening, evening again. again. Thank you, Ty. I How see. are you? <laughs> hey, I uh, just wanted to bring up something uh when we talk about Israel and, and support for Israel in, in this country, there's a lot of unthinking uh, uh, automatic support, I think, popular support given to Israel, because a lot of people conflate Israel with the state of Israel with the Jewish people. 
just as I read about them in Sunday school. You know, a lot of a lot of Americans confuse themselves with the state of, of America, the United States of America. Yeah. So that's a real hard shell to get through. You know, it's it's really not. You know, it's it's a very important one, and it's a very entrenched one, Ty. But I think that's the way you point it out like that. It makes it one. It's it's one of the most easy ones to get past if you can sit someone down and 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 simply explain that concept in terms that they can understand. Hey, you shouldn't use the term "we" when you're referring to the actions of the federal government because you are not a part of the federal government. Right. <laughs> you know, we did not invade Iraq. We did because uh, because otherwise, and and here's the the destructiveness of this framing and this phraseology is oh. All the good stuff the government we did, we were responsible for that. But the bad stuff, that was Obama and the Democrats, or that yeah. was Bush and the Republicans. But <laughs> we are the good guys, and we are the government. That nails it. We're here to help. Ty, you got something else? Uh, having, uh, yeah, I'd like to add something else here, too. I could hear some music coming on. We're going to a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would, you, would you like to take us out? <laughs> Give us the toll-free line, Ty. 855-450-FREE. <laughs> free Talk Live. <laughs> As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. This is Take a Toll-Free Call in Line, 855-450-3733. A little technical difficulty, and by that I mean we didn't we missed the break. <laughs> missed the thing there. Let's go to uh, Ty in Tennessee. Ty? Hey, yeah, I just uh, wanted to point something out that, that Adam reminded me of. is uh, He's talking about how easy it is to get through that shell. I think it's easier for some people in the you know, of the liberty mindset over other people, and it, it has to do with having practice. I think I'm finally starting to get over that point where I am coming like from a position of anger or too passionate in in my presentation. Yep. Where it sounds confrontational, you know. This is really an important, very important issue. If you're trying to convince anybody of anything, you cannot be combative about it because it doesn't work the reason is 
that you know the fact is we're only a f- we're only a few thousand years separated from tribal bands of uh, you know nomadic people that were essentially you know I mean we're primates right so uh, you know the, the guy that comes along and goes makes a lot of noise and and you know jumps up and down that guy's a freaking threat. Okay, (laughs) and we know how to handle threats around here. Call the law. Have that guy locked up. Um, And so, you know, this is you put people on the defensive when you disagree with them vociferously, you know, that, you know, when you're burying your teeth at them, that kind of thing. And you need to. Talk to them on things that they can understand. Talk to them in a respectful way. You have to love them into a position. You cannot yell them into a position. And that's why I like uh, people like you know, like Ron Paul is. Uh, I'm not a, usually a fan of politicians, but he's very, very persuasive, and he usually finds the common point to where people can agree, and then he moves from there. And you've had uh, a lot of people on your show, uh, Adam included. You know, a lot of the, the usual. Uh, uh, guest host there or a uh, regular co-host there are also very good at it. Or And some of the other callers, like there's a guy uh, that really impresses me uh, that's been on there a few times just calling in, and that's he may have been on there once, Jay Noon, mm-hmm. uh, who is very, very calm and yep. very, very matter-of-fact. and. Oh, Jay has a great demeanor for that. I am I am a Jay Noon fan, frankly. Uh, this is a gentleman whose uh, house I went down, um, you know, and, and if you know how I am with activism, it has to be a pretty big deal for me to leave Keene. <laughs> um, went down to Mass. I left the state, as a matter of fact, to go down to Mass to stand with him. Uh, the government was attempting to take his home and... Uh, 30 or 40 i don't i don't want to exaggerate at least 30 activists uh, showed up cameras and the p- police didn't show up and take him and kick him out of his house they were going to do it the cops were circling they were posted in different locations they decided not to go because just the city government stood down yeah, they did them and he's still in his home i'm not sh- certain what's going to happen or anything but you're absolutely right this is a man who stays calm who presents his case as best he can um he is surprising you know just he's a bright guy you know he's a farmer and i don't think people give farmers a lot of credit and you know extraordinarily bright and puts his points out in a, in a, in a fashion that people can understand i'm a big fan i like farmers i, I mean think we've got a, i think we've got a lot of modern day uh uh rows basically yeah you know, that's uh it's, it's really it's i'm really proud to be uh associated even at a distance with a lot of the folks in this movement, we should point out for the for the audience so that the Jane Noon case was for resistance of property taxes, and he's still not paying property taxes. Right, he doesn't believe that he, um, you know, he doesn't believe that he owes the property. I, I would not want to present his case for him, but I personally do not pe- like paying taxes because I believe that they're used for all kinds of purposes that are contrary to what I would prefer. They uh, they instill monopolies, and monopolies are inefficient and they're immoral. Isn't it enough to say that you like keeping your money, Mark? I don't think so because I think it can show up as cheap. Well, what about public school and the kids and and all these things? In my town, it's seventy percent. I think of the uh, taxes go to the school. This is a school that I'm never going to send my child to. Never going to send my child to. So essentially, this is a a tax upon. This is people stealing money from me to put their kids in school. That's wrong. They don't. You know, I don't have to pay money to feed their dog. Why the heck should I have to pay money to educate their kid? But Mark says the silly statist 
Don't you want an educated population in your town? Yes, and I think that monopolies are highly inefficient organizations. They do a very bad job of providing whatever it is that they provide. So therefore, I would like to provide people with better education, and the only way to do that is by freeing up the marketplace. i got a few more softballs here for you. Yeah, there's... <laughs> I can that see is that. A, that is a softball. But, you know, these are questions that you, people get asked. Somebody's like, well, how are... I mean, I literally yep. had a neighbor ask me this. I don't believe in the public school. I do not want to pay for their public school and he's like well how are the kids going to get educated and I said, the guy literally lives well you know i mean these are questions that people ask the guy literally lives within a hundred yards of a private school that charges a tuition that is a fifth of the tuition that we pay that of what we pay per student did you point that out to him of course I did. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you know, you can you can see this if you if you just take a look. And now with with the internet, you've got you can leverage some of the best teachers in the world to teach a course and do the whole exam, do everything online, and have a few really good teachers, and really not need all that other overhead, all those brick and mortar buildings, and all the things they have now. You don't need them. Yeah, the internet can handle everything. Ty, thank you for the call. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. Well, you- wait, wait, don't get me started though on 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 the 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 free market education because when it really comes down to it, it's about raising your children without force, without forcing them into an environment that you have not convinced them is in their best interest when they're capable of reason and logic. And when you have a child that has reached that age, and it's usually before they turn ten, that is capable of guiding their own education and knowing what their brain is ready to receive, the natural state of a child's mind is to be learning and assimilating information and figuring out how the world works. We evolved almost Mm -hmm. exclusively for that purpose, well, in order to survive and reproduce. But the point being, when you take that natural process and you put it in a classroom and you you make it very clear that if you disobey this, force will be used against you. you Raise your hand if you want to go potty. That's kind of nonsense. Now, I'm a big advocate of uh, unschooling and I'm I'm, I'm studying it and and all that kind of thing. There was an article recently and the top comment, I guess it got a bunch of uh, thumbs up from people, is these people are morons. Kids, if you give them the opportunity to not learn, they will not learn. And, you know, I think that this is true about that person's kids because that person's <laughs> kids have been forced to learn all along. And they're bored stiff. Only school, only a um, you know big institutionalized school could suck the desire to learn out of a child's life. My kid, you know, who knows nothing about school, he's three and a half years old or whatever, uh, that's about his age, um, he loves to learn he can read already we bought him a course and he was interested in it and wanted to know you know he loves books and we're not pushing him in any way shape or form he loves puzzles right now he's not paying as much attention to learning to, uh, to books and stuff he's paying attention to puzzles now. but you're, le- you're letting him follow his 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 love and his passion for something absolutely true whatever you know i mean these are the things you learn this is just think about your life right now as an adult you learn the things you want to learn that you're interested in learning about and that you have to learn. You know, like if you've got to go do a new job, you've got to read the instruction manual or whatever. I mean, people learn the stuff that they want to learn. They do not learn. The, the crap that I learned in high school, I don't remember most of that stuff. I took trigonometry and analytic geometry. I have no idea what a sine, cosine, or tangent are. You know, the old- we, well, we, have, we have a news story we absolutely have to get to when we come back from the break. House probing $528 million loan to failed solar company. We're going to tell you how we saw that one coming yes 855 450 free free talk live
bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. Spendbitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From spendbitcoins.com, you can spend your bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend bitcoins, go to spendbitcoins.com. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. Eight fifty five four fifty three, sacred toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You know you can't listen to talk radio without hearing ads for precious metals, specifically gold. Before you buy any gold, go to gold.freetalklive.com. We have uh, coins that I have picked out there for you, specifically intended that you can comparison shop with other gold dealers so that you can get the very best rates when you buy from gold.freetalklive.com. Not only do you get the best rates. But you help support Free Talk Live and our syndicate, Genesis Communications Network. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Adam, you promote a, uh, a piece here. Let's get into it. Yeah, well, it's interesting to see people up in arms about this. Like, it's something to be shocked and surprised about that, uh, oh, my gosh, the government loaned a solar company. Actually, several. Yeah, right. Well, th- th- this is the one, though, that's that's really getting people worked up. $528 million to a particular company that went out of business, and the taxpayers are now on the hook for this whole $528. This is a, a Solyndra, S-O-L-Y-N-D-R-A. I think it's going to become iconic. I, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb with this little prediction. I'm going to think I think that Solyndra will be referred to well into the future, at least through the rest of the Obama administration. I think he's going to, it's going to be well around Obama's neck until 2012, at least, because this is really emblematic of the failure of intervention in the economy. And it's so perfectly beautiful that it happens to be a solar power company. And the, uh, this Obama cite, um, this is from the AP story. Obama cited Solyndra as an example of how the economic stimulus bill would create jobs. But the company has since filed for bankruptcy and shed, shed 1,100 workers saying, here it is. It couldn't compete with foreign manufacturers mm-hmm. of solar panels. There's also Evergreen Solar in Massachusetts <sighs> who got a bunch of money, and then they moved to China, and then they went bankrupt over in China. You know, <laughs> just, just because they produce something new and great, like solar panels, doesn't mean that they can run their company properly. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, no, no, no. You have to understand how they got this money in the first place. Political connections, Mark. Not, no, not even. Not even. Not, well, well, maybe, there was maybe that it too. turned into connections. There was a, there was a big Democratic right, there was, fundraiser. There was Obama or there was the Biden. Uh, right, right. They, they, they rushed the approval of this because Obama or, Bi- excuse me, Biden was going to be at a, a fundraiser event there. And, of course... They had invested in lobbying, nearly $2 million lobbying the federal government during the last four years just to get this this loan uh, guaranteed by the federal government. 
And and now with the politicians on the uh, the energy uh, committee are, are going to be able to to do some grandstanding around this and show how much they care about your money being well spent. Right. And now the <laughs> the 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 loan that's guaranteed by the government will be paid by the government be, uh, the, by the taxpayers because this company is going under. Right. Exactly. It's. <laughs> It's you know I, I I solar power has a lot of advantages. I mean I think that there's I think that when you're talking about solar, wind, hydropower, that these are some of the best uh, choices. But frankly, lots of people don't like them. They don't. No, no, we don't want you to have windmills because they make noise. Mm-hmm. I, I mean Wayne, you live in a town where they have a, a big solar a big wind, uh, wind, wind farm. farm. Yeah, and there are people who didn't want it. They were NIMBYs. They didn't want it. They they thought it was going to ruin their view. And it produces enough power for about ten thousand homes. These windmills are huge. They're yeah, just the big the, giant ones. Just, just the you, towers are about four hundred feet high. Each blade is like one hundred and fifty feet long. They it, sit up on a do ridge. Do you hear a whoop 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 noise? Or if what? you get really close to it, you do on some days. Okay, but I don't live close. I can see it, but I can't uh, hear them from where I. I live. was just wondering what the distances were. I've heard that uh, they, you know, they can produce, uh, you know, frequencies. That but the difficult. core, you know, the core issue here, guys, I think, is that it isn't really the government's job to pick a winner because maybe there's another technology that's better than solar or wind, but when the government puts all this money into one technology, they're not going to take too kindly to, to disruptive yep. technologies that are more efficient that might um, well, you well, can't it's, it's put them out of that. business. It's not even that. It's the, the, the economic resources are simply diverted from what the market would have them directed sure. towards to what now are the whims of the officials in government who are obviously bought and paid for. And, and hold just, just to get back to the details of the story for a second here, because it's, it's too perfect. Like I said, mm-hmm. Solyndra, remember the name. You're going to be hearing it at least at least all the way through November 2012, because uh, here it is. An AP review of Federal Election Commission records shows Solyndra executives have given to both Obama and Democrat-aligned groups. Ben Beeman, Solyndra's executive vice president, and Karen Alter, the firm's marketing vice president, contributed more than $3,500 to Obama's campaign and one of the company's investors, George Kaiser, was a bundler. And they put that in, in quotes mm-hmm. for the story because the AP has to be polite. Bundler for Obama's 2008 campaign, raising between fifty and $100,000 for the president. So it's, it's a great investment if you have this scam going in your country to be able to bundle you know, $100,000 and you get a $528 million loan for your company in return. Now, whether or not it goes bankrupt doesn't matter. No, it you doesn't matter. Right. People are getting a lot of money in their pockets, and it's a perfect example of crony capitalism. And this is the um, – th- it does show the marketplace in some ways. The marketplace is going to react to incentives and uh, the nature of things that are going on. When you can spend $1 – in trying to get the government to, uh, you know, lobby for it would lobbying the government and get seven dollars in return on that investment in a relatively short period of time. You don't need to serve customers. You don't need to create a better product. All you need to do is have Most some way, yeah, <laughs> raise money, some way to <laughs> lobby the government and channel that money back into the campaign funds. I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't researched it myself, but I have read. You know, articles where people have written that it's about seven dollars. You get about seven dollars for every one you invest when it comes to lobbying. Now, obviously, it can turn around and it can backfire on you. And I don't know, you know, the math behind it and everything, but that's you know, one you- might say just create shell companies and get the government to give you money. 
That wouldn't be That's the first time. Idea. Yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> just corporate welfare. That's all this is. And it's another welfare, you know, I mean, it's it's another welfare recipient going down the, the toilet here. Um, you know, they have no incentive of actually doing their work. You know, you can believe that the big guys at this company, they're, they've made their money. The workers, yeah, they're going to be out on the street. They're not going to get crap. And this was the Democrats helping the workers and creating jobs. Yeah, well, well, it's, it's, it's worse than that. You want to hear the real fear tactics behind this? Democrats have been saying that if uh, th- that not using the government to fund solar development in the United States would be an economic death sentence. Right. Well, apparently, it was an economic death sentence for this solar company. <laughs> it was. Well, yeah. Get in this case, it was the opposite. Getting the government funds was the economic death sentence. And welfare, all uh, in in many many cases, will turn somebody into. You know, it, it, it promotes sloth. It mm-hmm. promotes uh, the wrong. It has the wrong incentives. And that's what it's going to do to a company, too. When the government's there writing you big old checks and you can do whatever you want with them, you know, maybe the guy in the board of directors just says, well, screw doing this work stuff. Let's everybody get uh, get some money out of this. And, and you know, let's let's milk this pig let's and, a party and go. <laughs> well, there, there's even more fear on this story because now it's about. Competing with China. Oh, yeah. It's all about China. And China's they're, bad. They're cheap ripoffs of the American solar panels. They're creating the cheaper alternatives. And heaven forbid we engage in any you know specialization of labor and let the people who are more efficient at doing something do it while we do whatever it is a country overburdened with a ridiculous government and a ridiculous tax code is good at. I, what are we good at now? Nearly nearly dead. Yeah. Well, you know, innovation, uh, the United States used to be. It seems, you know, used probably the only thing they've got left. It Oof. certainly isn't manufacturing. Uh, sadly, um, you know, I'd like to see manufacturing back here in the United States, but you're only going to get manufacturing. Oh, wait. We can police the world. Yeah, there's the weapons. <laughs> well, you know, once there I think once there's a, a major worldwide bankruptcy and everything gets all the debt that we're under right now and all the inefficiency we have because of all this debt that needs to be liquidated. Once all that is done, I think we can get back to being efficient again. But until then, this country is not going to be efficient with all the government uh, regulations and the government in their hands uh, in every little pot. Just get out of the way and we can actually rebuild industry in this country. You know, it, it's um, it's it's tough to say, but it's the regulations um, that have made it so the United States can't compete. Regulations from the minimum wage on up. Mm-hmm. Now, regulations against things like fraud and and um, uh, th- things that are real crimes are one thing, but so well, many regulations are designed to keep the big guys fat and happy and, and prevent the little guys from competing with them. If fraud's illegal, you don't need to regulate against fraud. Correct. If it's, uh, because there's already a law out there. You don't need an inspector, you know, I mean, or, or whatever. If somebody reports fraud, then you can investigate the report of fraud. No, no, but you hear a status will say, well, we need regulations. Sure, we need regulations against the basic crimes. And, you know, you do what you've agreed to do with people, and you don't aggress against others or their property. And if you could take care of those, then then everything else is pretty pretty elementary. Well, on this, we're coming to a certain tipping point at which the government is so ineffective at addressing real crime problems relative to the free market. And it's already obvious that free markets are far better at protecting against real crimes than anything the government is capable of providing. Sure. If there's dangerous worker um, conditions, those workers can leave and go to the next employer who's going to provide them with better conditions. But if the government doesn't take credit for it, you'll never hear about it. But the Internet is the way now that the information can spread quicker. It's Free Talk Live. It's been Mark with you. And Adam. And Wayne. Tune in. Uh, Check out freetalklive.com. In the meantime, 